This is All the Right Marketing, a publishing podcast by Cardinal Rule Press. Now, here's your host, Maria Desmondi. Hi, good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to All the Right Marketing, where we speak with business owners and anyone who is really in the book industry about how are they getting the messages about their books out into the world. Because we all know that publishing a book and writing a book is really, really wonderful. But what's the next step? How do we get readers? How do we get parents and teachers and caregivers to really learn and, and gain visibility around our titles? Today, our guest is Coulter Jackson. She is both author-illustrator, which I love when we have an author and illustrator. She has several books that we're going to talk about here today. Her work has appeared in the New York Times, in different magazines. She's going to talk about that as well. She also has an MFA in creative writing from Sarah Lawrence College, and she lives in the city, New York City, with her lovely family. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. I love what your husband says about your soul because <laughs> we're recording this on the day after Halloween. And one of the things I've been seeing on, you know, friends, Instagrams and on social media are those enormous giant pumpkins that you see at the state fair, the winners that, you know, they're usually on pallets, right? And so mm -hmm. share with our listeners what your husband says about your soul. Uh, he says that my soul is the size of one of those prize-winning pumpkins. Um, it, it's a reference to a, a movie that we watched once um, where it was about the size of different, different people have different sized souls. And the main character's soul is the size of a chickpea. I was like, I wonder what the soul of what my soul looks like. And he's like, your, your soul is the size of one of those prize winning puppets. I love it. Was that the movie? Um, I think it's a Disney movie it's called Soul. No, it's a movie called uh, Cold Souls. Cold um, Souls. Okay. Adult movie. Um, it, it's, uh, you can, it's, a, a, it's, you can, there's a, a playwright and his soul is very heavy and he reads in the New Yorker that you can have your soul removed. Um, and and he does, but then he's a terrible playwright. <laughs> oh. Interesting. Well, thank you. Thank you for sharing this. So let's talk about your journey, Coulter. Like, where did you go? You did go to college for um, creative writing, but uh, tell us then. You went to school for creative writing, and what happened next? Well, I I had my undergrad from the University of Missouri, and I um, originally. Um, went to work in advertising. That's how I got to New York City from Missouri is I came here to work in advertising. Um, and I, I always loved the idea of New York. I felt like this is where all the books came from and this is where I wanted to be. I was always drawn to books. Um, and I've been trying to write novels for 20 years. <laughs> and um, novel writing is uh, really hard. And if you don't um, sell your novel, it lives in a drawer and no one ever sees it. And it takes, you know, five to 10 years of your life often. <laughs> so, um, I kind Don't of, want, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, and I still do it, you know, um, I, I love it, but, um, I wanted something I could finish and I had always done art. I'd never studied it, but I had just always done it as a hobby. I've always loved it. And, um, I honestly could not believe that my first publisher let me 
illustrate that book with absolutely no training. I didn't know Photoshop. I had to teach myself everything. There was a huge learning curve. And that first book was, was it Frog Heaven or Elephants Make Fine Friends? My first book um, was put out by um, Penguin Random House and it was um, Elephants Make Fine Friends. And we will have the link in the show notes. Um, You have got to see these illustrations. I can't believe you even second guessed them selecting you for the illustrator. That's just, I mean, they were wonderful. Thank you. Thank you. Um, So there is something about my art. I think people, um, you know, respond to, even though like my confidence was really low um, and just feeling like how in the world, like, you know, it's one thing to draw one nice picture, but to do 40 nice pictures that all look like the same characters. It was like really an intimidating Thing. Um, and I, I really loved it. Um, and so then I started making more. Um, so that's just kind of heights, one of those weird things that I completely fell into. Um, but it just happens to be the thing that I have, you know, a little traction with. And can you share, Coulter, um, is it watercolor that you work with? And then you use the digital program to lay it out? Yeah, so I, um, I do everything in pencil. So I do all the shading. I have basically up in the bulk of the work is in getting the pencil drawing correct and then doing all the shading in pencil. And then I do a very light watercolor wash over the pencil. Uh, that's not at all the correct the correct way to use um, watercolor, but that's just kind of, again, I taught myself. So that's just sort of the, I like the look of that. Um, and then I will put it into the computer program to kind of punch up the colors and um, do some of the correcting. Wonderful. And I, I mean, just beautiful. I, I would say, I, I don't want to use the word whimsical, but um, I get like this really gentle feeling when I view your artwork. So I don't know, you know what other people have said, but we'll definitely put a link there because it's beautiful. Thank so you. you illustrated and wrote your first book and it came out and luckily you have advertising background because I'm sure that th- that came into play in helping you to market your book. So let's talk a little bit about that first book, that second book. Um, the book is in your hand. Did you know what your publisher was going to do? Was it kind of black and white? Like we're going to do X, Y, and Z to market your book or tell us a little yeah. bit about that process. So as is often the case, or is the case with, for a lot of people, by the time my book was acquired and by the time it was supposed to come out, the acquiring editor had left. Uh, so it was orphaned, <laughs> um, uh, which was, you know, it's hard whenever that, because the original editor is the one who loves it. They're the ones who, um, who want it. So um, first book really, um, that marketing was, was up to me. Um, and, uh, you know, they did all the distribution, which is, I'm, I, I feel like more and more kind of, that's what your publisher does. They, they, they do just, they sell it in, they do distribution, but they very often, I think are relying on you to do the marketing push. Um, so, you know, that's kind of how that unfolded. So, you know, no real, like they had me fill out um, papers that were like, here's, you know, if you were to write a byline, what would it, what would it be about? And then I, then they immediately put it back on you where they're like, okay, 
go write that byline. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it wasn't like they, I just don't think there's enough resources for every single book, for every single author um, to get a lot of like handheld, you know, they're, they're, they just, they don't have the, the time. And even when you have a PR team, I feel like they still have 50 books, a hundred books, yeah. you know, all these books that they're worried about. So um, you are going to be the best advocate for your book. Yeah, that's a good way of explaining. And I think there's also a difference between small houses and big houses. So you might see a little more handholding with a small house versus a big house, but then there's, you know, give and take on both of those. Uh, so you also wrote and illustrated Frog Heaven, is that correct? Yes, Frog Heaven um, is not in print. It is an online. It's an online, uh, okay. So you can you can find that. That's on the Rumpus. Okay. Um, and then the second like print book that I have is the Rhino Suit. And then I also am about to sign a contract for my third book, um, all with different publishers. Wonderful. Oh, that's cool because you're getting the, these different experiences on, you know, what the process looks like. Although once you kind of get used to something, then the process changes. And um, so what would you say you've learned were some of your best marketing tactics you've had several different publishers, you're getting visibility. What are, what are the best ways that you've gained that visibility? Would you say? Well, I, um, I think that my publisher of the Rhino suit sounds true. Their strategy relied heavily on bookstagram, the bookstagram, (laughs) which is this like incredible network of like teachers and librarians and like book lovers on Instagram. Um, pardon me if I'm telling you something that you're deeply familiar with. No, but, no, we've, we've used them before and I'm just shocked at the engagement that they have. It's really it's wonderful. Amazing. And, and so I really started to see that that is a strategy that really paid off um, and, and started to think about more of a holistic, like career long, um, you know, like how to leverage the work that they had put behind this book for my next book and my next book, you know, just in case like a smaller publisher doesn't have the resources in the future. Or if, you know, if I ever wanted to put out my own book, if I can't sell it to a publisher, but I feel really strongly that it's a book that needs to be out there. Like how can I leverage, um, you know, the connections that they are making for me? Um, So that's kind of what lately, what I've been trying to strategize is like how um, to use the inroads of the bookstagram for um for future purposes not just this this one book which i mean it was it has has greatly improved sales and it's not now like at a study and i still have bookstagram members like trickling in that want to like feature the book um and then i of course i i am a big fan of instagram it's just my generation's like sweet spot mm-hmm. um But I also, you know, there were um, influencers that I, you know, really enjoy and and follow. And I reached out to them personally, Um, you know, and some of them weren't even affiliated with the book world. Some of them were um, sort of like kids fashion or um, design, like decorating um, to ask if they would feature the book. And some of them did. I would say I had like uh, maybe two out of five of the you know or you know four out of ten like something something like that like a pretty good adding average for 
you know, if one of them has 300,000 followers, um, like that, those are ultimately like some big impressions that you could make. Um, so like a lot of bang for the bucks, so it was worth, you know, um, trying to introduce them to the book, tell them about the books send the book to their kids, like whatever I could do to like, um, to get featured on those feeds and on those grids. Absolutely. Yeah. And you know, a lot of social media can be grassroots style marketing where you're connecting with the individuals. Maybe you're sharing a digital copy of, you know, watermark copy of the book, but when you're starting to put your own money into it is when you're sending the book, you're covering the cost of the book, you're shipping the book. What do you think about that? Do you think that it's important for authors to put some of their own money into the, the marketing of their books? Certainly your own time and energy. <laughs> I think be ready to do that. Yeah. Um, you know, I think invest what you can and think of it as a long-term investment in your career, even if it's not, you know, an immediate payoff for the current book that you're promoting. I think you can think of it as like long-term, like, I mean, it's just, a, it's a drag that Instagram requires you to pay for those impressions now. Um, but I would also like start looking into TikTok. That's kind of the wild west where, you know, I've, I've seen friends get like millions of views, you know, just sort of on accident, like just making something funny or making something really yeah. informative. I um, mean, look at Colleen Hoover, Colleen Hoover's she, book. It, it ends with us and now it starts with us. I mean, I was following, um, because I do enjoy her writing, I was following, her book came out a, about a week ago, and it sold 808,000 copies in week one. I mean, incredible. She, she, it was a follower, you know, someone or an influencer shared something on uh, PokeTok and TikTok, and it just kind of went viral. So I love that advice. I do. And I think it, you also have to be comfortable on TikTok because not all personalities are going to connect over there on TikTok. So, um, yeah. Well, yeah. I think um, a year ago, whenever we were starting to talk about the marketing for the Rhino suit, you know, it was like, I don't know if you're target, you know, we're targeting moms. I don't know if they're on TikTok, you know, but I think they are. I think it's, you know, it's, and if they're not, they're getting there. <laughs> like they're yeah, I, I mean, I've had friends who send me recipes and it has the little TikTok logo in it. And so they screenshot a recipe and share it with each other. So I, I do think moms are, are over there now, but you're right. Like maybe not a year ago, but now, yes. Well, you have had a lot of fun in your writing business and journey, and it sounds like you're getting close to having even more fun with, uh, you know, signing a contract and uh, moving forward with that. So what advice would you have for aspiring writers here listening to the podcast? Um, is this marketing advice or is this just... Um... Yeah, let's go marketing. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I'm an, I'm a writer and I've been writing manuscripts and I haven't been published yet. So what would, what advice would you give to me? Uh, well, I would say you're going to hear no a lot <laughs> and just keep, keep going. You get better and better at hearing the no's and every no is closer to a yes. Um, and in terms of marketing, as I said before, like, I think that um, when my first book came out, I was like, this book has to be a blockbuster. This has to be the one. And seeing it more as a career move, you know, and seeing your your work as a whole 
over the span of all the years that you'll be working, I think is a more effective and um, uh, less panicky <laughs> way of of dealing with your own marketing. Um, because, it, you know, every book that comes out, like you get new impressions, you know, new people that that love that book, then your next book comes out and you, you carry with you the people who really loved that first book. Um, so I think my advice would just be to try to see, you know, your marketing and your career as a longer timeline rather than like, I have to make this one book. This is my one chance. I think that that's not um, necessarily the help, the most helpful way to view that. That's wonderful advice. And, you know, I, I don't think there's anything wrong with someone getting on Instagram or starting a blog or starting a website before you're published and thinking of it as that timeline. So it's, you know, part of it is I'm creating a digital footprint and then I get published. So I think it's okay to, to start Absolutely. that. Absolutely. And, and, you know, and I think that setting small goals for yourself, like, you know, I hadn't even broken a thousand followers yet on my Instagram account, but I knew before the Rhino suit came out that I really wanted, like, I, there might be something about the algorithm that like gives you more impressions once you get more followers, um, you know, that it will show it to more people. So like I was trying to hit these like smaller um, sort of numbers, number of followers goals for myself before the book came out. So I was, um, I was investing a lot of time in like, um, I'm using stories or like, here's meet all the dogs from the rhino suit. Cause I, I am a dog lover. Um, here's <laughs> the dogs I used in the rhino suit. I, you know, here they are in real life. Um, just trying to find interesting, um, content that isn't just, um, pushing the book, pushing the yeah. book, pushing it. I love that too. I mean, because it's, it doesn't come off as salesy. It's really being able to feature you yourself as the artist and the creator instead of saying book, 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 it's like, look at my process. This is what I did. And, and I did see, um, I did see a picture of a little dog in a, uh, witch's hat. Was this, was this, uh, your animal? Oh yes. This is, uh, I, that is my little love Peggy Sue, Michael Bottom, my dog, um, love to draw her. <laughs> That's awesome. I, I think there's um in that picture if you swipe there's also a picture of her in real life in a witch hat um so <laughs> see I'm I'm connected to dogs so I, I do love that well Coulter this has been wonderful I appreciate your time and sharing with our listeners those of you listening you know that we have podcasts that go live every Tuesday and we look forward to sharing this with you and until then please think outside of the box and don't be afraid to reach your audience in new and creative ways. Thank you. If this episode resonated with you, let's take it a step further. Head over to cardinalrulepress.com and check out our blog. It is filled with resources for anyone who loves books, whether you are a publisher, a librarian, a bookseller, or an author. We help you to figure out ways to get visibility around those books. Thanks for listening to All the Right Marketing with Maria Desmondi. If there is a topic you would like us to explore and cover, please email podcast at cardinalrulepress.com. Head over to our website, cardinalrulepress.com, to sign up for our monthly newsletter where you can learn more tips on getting books visible into the market. Last but not least, follow us on Instagram for a daily dose of all things books.
if you enjoyed this episode, rate and review or share with a friend or colleague. Thanks so much.